We serve a loving God. Amen. And He always has provided a way. He always has. Noah lived in a world that was wicked. He lived in a wicked, wicked world. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them, he said. Can you imagine a world that had so much evil in it? And we live in a world where it's not too hard to do. We live in a, in a wicked world, don't we? People were so bad at this time that God was going to destroy them all except for, except for one man and his family. Verse 8, but Noah, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The grace of God. Everybody wants it. Everybody needs it. The grace of God. Will everybody get the fullness of God's grace though? Will everybody get it? I want to look at three periods of time. Ages separated by by thousands of years. Yet in each age we see God's love for His creation and God's promises fulfilled when Noah lived the world was wicked but but Noah it says was right with God Noah Noah was in favorable regard with the Lord but Noah was not saved yet was he Noah was not saved yet Noah was was given some instructions wasn't he the earth was going to be destroyed it says and and Noah was told how to how to build an ark and how to save the animals and the birds. And, and it's a testament to Noah's, Noah's faithfulness and obedience that the Bible says, Genesis chapter 6 verse 22, Thus Noah did, according to all that God commanded him, so he did. And God promised the flood. And the flood came, Genesis chapter 7 verses 11 and 12, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month. I mean, it got it down to the day of the month. On that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened and there was rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. The world as Noah knew it was destroyed. Their, their wickedness, the wickedness of that world, it died with them. No. Man still sins, doesn't he? But Noah and his family, they were saved. They didn't die like the rest. They they were saved. Noah and his family, they had to pass through the flood, right? They had to pass through the flood to be saved. They were in the, the vehicle of God's grace, the ark. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 15, God spoke to Noah after the flood was over and told Noah and his family to be fruitful and multiply. And Noah built an altar to the Lord, verse 20. And the Lord smelled the burnt sacrifice and it was, it was pleasing to them. They were in a new world. They were in a new world, washed clean of the filth and the wickedness that had inhabited the land. That same water that had destroyed the majority saved Noah and his family. It may seem strange, 
But we learn more. Keep, keep your finger here. We learn more about this in the New Testament. Where Peter, recounting the story of Noah and making a, a point to his readers, he says in, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20, the, the divine long-suffering, talking about God's divine long-suffering. So we learn here that God was patient with these people. He was patient with these wicked people during the time of Noah. Waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. Through water, those on the ark were saved. Genesis chapter 7 verse 23 says, Everybody was destroyed. Everything was destroyed except for those on the ark. And Peter says in Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 that God did not spare the ancient world but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness is what he's called, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. We see God's grace did not extend to those who would not listen and heed the words of righteousness preached by Noah. The salvation of Noah and his family by God's grace assured the age of the patriarchs would live on. A patriarch, and this is the the patriarchal age that we're talking about, a patriarch is one who leads or rules his family and like his ancestor Adam, And his descendants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Noah led his family. Noah's descendants were fruitful and did multiply. And during the time when Joseph was second in command of of all of Egypt, they migrated, these people migrated to Egypt because there was a famine in the land. They followed their patriarch, Jacob or Israel, as he's sometimes called, to Egypt. When Israel died, when when Jacob or or Israel, as he's sometimes called, died and Joseph died, the children of Israel continued to multiply and, and to grow. And they got so big that the new Pharaoh, who didn't know Moses, he didn't know Joseph, he didn't know Israel, they'd all died, he put them under bondage. It says that that the Israelites were put under bondage. Exodus chapter 1 verse 13. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor and made their lives bitter with hard bondage. But, But God's grace, God's grace to his people was ever present. And he called to Moses from a burning bush. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2. At first Moses is reluctant. He doesn't want. To do what God says. He doesn't want to go and lead the people out of Egypt. He doesn't want to do it. He, he gives several excuses why he, he shouldn't be the one to do this. But the Lord is promising salvation for the children of Israel. He's promising salvation for them. And yet Moses has got to do some things first. And he must tell the people in bondage they've got to do some things. And through the plagues brought upon the people of Egypt, the children of Israel were, were unharmed. But Pharaoh let the people go because of the power of God. After ten horrible plagues, Pharaoh finally relents and lets the Israelites go, but they're not saved yet. No, they're they're not saved yet. They've got one more thing to obey. On their way to the promised land, Pharaoh changes his mind. And with his army, he goes after the Israelites. 
and the children of Israel, they saw Pharaoh coming and they, they knew they were about to be destroyed because they were up against the Red Sea. There was no place for them to go. They knew they were going to die. They complained to Moses about it. Exodus 14, verse 15, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry land through the midst of the sea. And they obeyed. They did that. In verse 21, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were as a wall to them on the right hand and on the left. The Apostle Paul, when writing to the Corinthians, puts it this way. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. In the Jewish age or the Mosaic age as some call it, when the Old Testament law was in effect, the people were saved by God's grace. When He provided a way of salvation from certain death to reach the land of promise by way of baptism in the Red Sea. They had to go through the Red Sea to be saved from the Egyptian army. They had to be baptized in the Red Sea to get there. They had to go through the water. But the fullness of God's grace was not extended to everyone. As the Egyptian army closed in and the the Israelites were safe on the other side, the Egyptians rode into that sea and the sea swallowed them. And it says, it says, Exodus 14 verse 30, So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. God's grace did not extend to those Egyptian soldiers pursuing God's people. And as the people headed for the promised land, God took care of them. He took care of their needs. Bread or manna fell from heaven. Quail were easily caught. And water came from, from a rock when they were thirsty. And Moses receives the law which the people would be governed by. It was given to him by God. And years later, Nehemiah writes in in a prayer to God, Nehemiah 9, verse 13, You came down also on Mount Sinai and spoke with them from heaven and gave them just ordinances and true laws, good statues and, and commandments. You made known to them your holy Sabbath and commanded them precepts, statues, and laws by the hand of Moses, your servant. These, these laws and statues, including the, including the Sabbath, were nailed to the cross later. But at this time, those These Old Testament laws were given to the children of Israel for them to obey. But they built a golden calf, didn't they? They built a golden calf and turned their back on God. Yet God gained their attention again in a way when He made them wander for 40 years in the desert, didn't He? They wandered 40 years in the desert till that generation that had disobeyed God was destroyed and they died. And God, during the age of Moses, gave the people chance after chance after chance to obey Him. 
The people did not deserve God's love, but the Lord continued to provide a way for the faithful to obey. Only the children of Israel during this time, during the time of of the Mosaic Age, only those children were God's chosen people though. Jesus said over and over again in the New Testament that salvation was of the Jews. And we with harsh judgment may look back upon those in the desert with Moses and wonder why they didn't just obey. But we would be looking in a mirror. We would be talking to a mirror by doing that to ask such a question because it says in Romans chapter 3 verse 23 all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. We all have. We're all sinners. You know, I'm all, I always laugh at people. I don't want to go to church. That's where all the hypocrites go. Well, I tell you what, that's where sinners need to be, don't they? Sinners need to be in church, don't they? I'm glad we are. I'm glad you're all here today. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We, we live in a wicked world. And there are so many who are under bondage in the age that we live in. A different kind than the Egyptians gave. So many different kind of bondage. So many in our wicked world live under the bondage of sin. We, need a, we needed a Savior. We needed, a, we needed a, a Moses in the Red Sea, didn't we? We needed a Noah and, and an ark and a flood, didn't we? We needed a Savior to save us. And God, John 3.16, loved us so much He gave us His Son. At the beginning of time when God called for light in the darkness... The Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1, verse 1. And the Word, John 1, 14, became flesh in a manger in Bethlehem. Christ was born to the virgin called Mary. Paul tells the Ephesians that at one time... Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12, you were without Christ, being alien from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But Jesus Christ came into the world to seek and save the lost. Luke chapter 19 verse 10, because God came down in the man Jesus and died on the cross, we can accept God's grace today. Like man. Jesus was buried in a tomb but rose from the dead and was seen by Peter and the twelve and by five hundred at one time. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 5. And because of this, Jesus became what we needed to be saved. The gospel, the good news, God's grace. The death, the burial, the resurrection and the appearance of of Jesus to hundreds is God's power to save us. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. It is this gospel that any who want to be saved are called by. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 14. But like the children of Israel and Moses in the, in the Jewish age and like Noah in the age of the patriarchs, we've got to have faith and obey. For we live during the gospel age. And the gospel must be obeyed. 
Just like in the days of Noah and in the days of Moses, in the days of the Christian, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And so many don't want to come out of the darkness and into the light. But like Jesus, Hebrews Chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. But to obtain salvation like the Israelites, to obtain salvation like Noah and his family, to obtain God's grace, you must obey the vehicle of God's grace today, the gospel. We must obey the gospel in the gospel age. If you do not obey the gospel, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8, God will take His vengeance out on you in flaming fire. Many do not want to hear this today. But woe unto me, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, if I do not tell you, if I do not preach to you the gospel, woe to me. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I can't save you, but the gospel can Obedience to the gospel can. I can tell you of the saving gospel and you can choose to obey or you can choose to not obey. How can someone in this audience obey the gospel? Now, there are many here who have obeyed the gospel and you've heard this over and over and over again. You, you know this frontwards and backwards and sideways and upside and downside. You do. But you love those in this audience so much who have never obeyed the gospel, you urgently want them to hear this. I know this about you. You've told me so. You urgently want them to hear how to obey the gospel. Let's show them. Let's tell them. Let's read it together. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What? What Paul is writing about here in Romans, he's, he's been telling them that they've been saved by grace. And he says, since you've been saved, do we just continue on sinning that we can get more grace, more of God's grace? And what's he say here? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, he's talking to Christians here. He's been writing to Roman Christians. He's been telling them about their grace and their salvation. He's recounting the time that they obeyed the gospel, that they accepted salvation in their own life. He says here, notice how you get into Christ. Notice here that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, that's how you get into Him. We're baptized into His death. There's, there's the death. Remember, we talked about the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the fact that Jesus Christ was seen. There's the death. Therefore, you were buried with Him through baptism into death. There's the burial. Death. Burial, right? What's next? Resurrection. Let's see if it's there. There's the burial. Just as Christ was raised, there, there it is. Just as Christ was raised from the dead, there's the resurrection by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. There we are. There we're seen, Christians, in a new life. In a new life. Just like Noah, it was a new world. 
Just like the children of Israel, it was a new land. Christians, we live in a new life. We live in a new life. We are seen in a new life. That's how you obey the gospel. So that you're no longer a slave to sin. You must be baptized to be saved. You must be baptized to obey the gospel. Like Noah in his new world. Like the children of Israel in their new land. We walk a new life. Those of us who have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. You must repent to be baptized. And you must repent and be baptized. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. You must believe and confess. Romans chapter 10 and verse 10. You must believe and be baptized. Mark chapter 16 verse 16. That is obedience to the gospel. You must be baptized with sin on you. Acts chapter 22 verse 16. So that your sins can be washed away. Like the children of Israel baptized into Moses by the Red Sea. Or like Noah and his family saved in the ark by the flood. 1 Peter 3 21. Baptism now saves you. Baptism saves you. To receive God's gracious gift of salvation today, one must be baptized into the water and added to the church by God. Acts chapter 2 verse 47. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 5. These, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 2, this is the time of God's grace, it says. And like the wicked world of old, God is gracious and He is waiting. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. As the preachers of righteousness preach on and on, on and tell you the same thing over and over and over again. God is gracious. God is patient. God is waiting for you to make up your mind. People say today, 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 4, where is the promise of His coming? But as this says, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. By faithful obedience, Noah was saved through the water. By obedience and trust in God to save them, the children of Israel were saved through the waters of the Red Sea. And by faith and obedience to God's commands by being baptized, you can be to say you can be saved today by God's grace. By God's grace, you have been given time. And that's the reason for the clock on the bulletin. That's the reason for the clock on the bulletin. In the patriarchal age, in the, the mosaic age, in the gospel age, they were given time. There was a period of time for those things to be fulfilled, to play out. You've been given time. You've been given God's grace this morning. Will you get the fullness of that grace? Will you get the fullness of that grace? Well, if you obey, you will. What a wonderful day. You know, what a wonderful day this is. But next Sunday will be the Lord's day, just like this day is. 
And the next Sunday after that will be the Lord's Day, just like this Sunday is. And the next Sunday after that. And the next Sunday after that. And you may have time on those Sundays or the days in between. You may have time to obey the Lord. You may make a decision then to obey God. But what if He came back right now? Okay, He didn't. What if He came back right now? He didn't do it. Okay, wait. What if He came back right You got time. Come right now. Together we stand and sing.